Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of you guys, our great listeners out there especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It'd be sort of weird if Brupolo was in Mines. Yeah. What can you do with that one, Robbie Falk? I came through Mines the other day. All right. I got to be honest. I think you're just making this stuff up at this point. I think you're just, I'm not. You're just saying you went through these towns. I literally came through Mize on Saturday mm-hmm. around lunch, and I was coming through from Hattiesburg to Forest, Mississippi. Look it up. Look up the route. From I know where Mize is. I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I came through. I, th- I came through Mize. I went through Mount Olive. I went through Mize. I went through Seminary. Home of Nathan Pickering. Really good hamburger place in Mize. There you go. <laughs> well, really good coffee place here at Starkville. It's called Strange. Chunky is from Mize. Remember oh. Chunky? Who? Remember our friend, our friend Chunky? Oh, God. Anywho, Strange Brew Coffee House, wherever you live, if you live in Mize or wherever, the, any other small town that Robbie Falk may have recently visited, you can get it delivered right to your door at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Just order it online. Be shipped right to you. You can have it every morning. Strange Brew Coffee. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. That's the place to find maroon and white merchandise that you can't find just anywhere else. Only College Corner has the biggest and best selection of it in central Mississippi. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're enriched by Fleet Feet there and flowed by the Half Shell. Or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco means today is going to be a a Taco Tuesday. Mm-hmm. It means you need to go to Humble Taco. Every day is kind of Taco Tuesday at Humble Taco because they got the best tacos around. Tacos you can't find anywhere else, and I do mean anywhere. Nobody else is taking your favorite Southern classics and turned them into Mexican favorites. That's why they call it Mississippi Fair, Mexican Fair with Mississippi rates. I will get it right one day. I, I don't know when that day is, but it, it will eventually happen. Humble Taco over on University Drive. If you haven't been yet, you need to go. Where are you going to lunch today? Why not Firehouse Subs? Download the free Firehouse Subs app. Place your order. It'll be ready within minutes. And the good news is you're piling up reward points. You'll be eating a free sub before you know it. Make sure you follow Firehouse Subs on Twitter. They're always giving away free stuff there. I always got deals going on, uh, depending on what your name is, your date of birth, your astrological sign, your favorite uh, NASCAR driver. I don't know. I don't know, but they've got it going there at, uh, at Firehouse Subs on Twitter. Locations in Starkville and Oxford, Columbus and Tupelo, Floyd and Madison. That's Firehouse Subs. Hey, Robbie. Hey, Brian. How are you today, sir? I'm good. I can't complain. That's fantastic news. I was, uh, the, earlier this morning, I could complain. 
You you, you were able to complain earlier. Yes, I was uh, seeding my property for grass. Um, it's nothing but a big dust dirt dust pile right now. Right now, it's, it's actually kind of muddy. Mm-hmm. And um, wasn't a fun experience, I got to admit. Well, I can believe that. You know, this is the time of year we're doing yard work is, is, is only for real men. You got to be you got to be tough. It's hot. It's hot outside. It's hot. It's humid. It's nasty. We're men. We're men in tights. Tight tights. Tights. All right. Well, that was a fun and exciting way to open the show. Uh, I am a lumberjack. Yes, I am. In the second half of the show today, we're going to talk about the Georgia Bulldogs, which I I don't know. I'm worried about them, Robbie, to be totally honest with you. Oh, you're worried about the uh, national champions? Something going around with defending national champions. There's there's some issues there. Um, but before we get into that, some uh, some I guess some housekeeping here with baseball. Some final thoughts on that. We uh, we learned earlier today. R.J. Yeager named the first team All SEC uh, second baseman, and Logan Tanner the second team uh, catcher. Hunter Hines first team All SEC on the freshman team. All that seems about right for me. Tanner's actually a little bit surprising. I think maybe it's just because I thought he was going to take a, a big step forward in his final year at Mississippi State. And he had a good year, but he didn't. I thought he was going to be like a 340, 15 home run kind of guy. And it, it just didn't work out that way. Yeah. I, you know, and that's one thing he was talking about preseason was if you remember when we were talking to them preseason. Mm-hmm. You know, he was really focusing on hitting for average, being a better all-around hitter for um, for Mississippi State this year, and it just didn't happen. I mean, I think his average went down a couple of points maybe. His um, doubles were down. His home runs were down. For whatever reason, it just didn't come together for him this year at the plate. It was still very good behind the plate. Um, I think he led the league in – and put outs, which, you know, a lot of that is just, you know, Mississippi State had a lot of strikeouts, even with their struggles at pitching and uh, all that. But, um, oh, by the way, Southern Miss pitcher Tanner, Tanner Hall just won the Ferris Trophy. Good for him. Really? That, that was a guy that I, that I said I, I thought he might have a shot. Um, you did say that. I'm surprised. I won't, I, I won't lie that I'm surprised. I'm good with that. That's a good – that's a that's the, a good that's the right choice. That's a good compromise for Mississippi State and Ole Miss fans. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Well, both of those guys are, you know, both those guys, I felt like uh, Elko and Jaeger had good numbers or whatever, but they were kind of similar to me in their production. Um, I feel like Tanner Hall is a guy that kind of, you could kind of set him apart. Well, Hall was the best player on the best team in the state. Yeah. And that's that's the key for him. But I really did believe that would be, like I said last week, the Elko uh, Career Achievement Award. So I, I'm I'm surprised that he didn't win it. To be totally honest with you, so should have won it last year. Did you know he tore his ACL? Uh well, who votes anyway, on this award? Maybe they back need to, to uh, find that out. Yeah, um, back to the uh, back to Logan Tanner though. I mean, yeah. still um, a feared force behind the plate, and I thought he was really good behind the plate um, all year. So, you know. Um, I, he's still one of the best catchers in, in the SEC and, and in the country, so I, I'm not going to argue against it. What do you think, you know, as far as uh, the MLB draft, you know, what, 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 where do you see him going? Is he still – there was a lot of talk of him being a potential high first-rounder. 
last year. A lot of that is because he is so good defensively. What about now? Is he still in that spot? Has he dropped down? Where do you think he's going to be going? I don't know if he's a as if he's a first round pick. He's got tremendous tools. I mean, he's going to be one of the, your better receivers back there um, in this draft class, and he has a great arm, obviously. So, I mean, defensively, there's not much there to find any holes. Um, he's he's going to be a very good defensive catcher. I guess the the big question mark is, you know, is he going to be able to hit consistently? I didn't think he. There was never really a time where I said, you know, Tanner. Logan is uh, really struggling. You know, I mean, it's like he would go, you know, one for three, one, two for five consistently. You know, it, I don't remember a time where I looked at his numbers in the same way that I did Kellum Clark at the beginning of the season or Hunter Hines and his small stretch or a few of those guys where they went, you know, one for 20. He just kind of, he was, he was, I don't know if steady is the word, but he wasn't ever bad. So if he can improve on that, he should be in pretty good shape. Yeah, I, th- I think you've seen him hit at this level, and obviously you know what he can do defensively. I don't think his draft status is, is much in question. Like I don't know that he's going to be the top five pick that some people were projecting him as uh, back in, in, in December and January, but probably still a first-rounder, to be totally honest. I mean, a catcher is a position where if you get the right guy there behind the plate, you're good for a decade. Basically, I mean, as a Giants fan, I, I know this with, with Buster Posey and what he was able to do. You know, it's just sometimes you can just you don't have to worry about it. So we'll see uh, how that goes. Jaeger's another interesting guy when we're talking about MLB draft because, you know, obviously, you know, a senior with no eligibility left. So money is not going to be good for him. But I do think he has the opportunity, you know, not a first rounder, but he could go in the first five rounds. A, a, a second baseman with pop. We saw this with Justin Foscue, obviously, right? If you're a second baseman and you can hit with power, teams are going to be interested in you. Yeah, you know, last year, a guy that really had a great season at Mercer and I guess didn't have a whole lot of uh, interest in the draft because, you know, right away he was one of the top transfer guys in the portal. And he really, to me, even exceeded my expectations for him because you got a guy that's coming from Mercer going to the SEC and uh, he produces just as much, if not better, um, considering the competition. So I'm really interested to see that, too. And, he, you know, he can play some shortstop. I think the second base is a good spot for him. But, I mean, he could have very easily played shortstop at State. He's another one that could be an interesting follow in the first uh, couple of days. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, it should be a uh... – this this MLB draft when we look ahead to it, and I, I didn't. We weren't planning on going down this road, but I guess we're sort of here now. Um, it'll it'll be interesting to see what the Mississippi State flavor is to it. Landon and, and Tanner's a guy. You know, we said high draft choice. Landon Sims was probably another guy who could have been a top five pick. I still think he's a first rounder, but teams are going. You know, there there will be some teams who are like, eh, let's 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 not do this because of the arm injury. That, you know, even though Tommy John is not what it was a decade ago or anything like that, Sims is probably a first rounder. Tanner, possibly a first rounder. <sighs> Obviously, there's a couple of recruits that you're worried about. You know, Jet Williams and uh, I can never pronounce that kid's name, but the the, the pitcher who throws with both hands, Cam Durangelo Sajante. Durangelo, I can get the the last name is what gets you. Sajante. Um, Shajante. Like Worcestershire sauce. Nobody knows how to say it. Um, 
Cam James is a guy, you know, very toolsy. Isn't that the baseball word to use for Cam James? He's very toolsy. You know he's got power. He's got speed. He's got the big frame. He can play multiple positions. You know, top 10 rounds, you think? I think so. He seems like a top 10 round guy. I'm really interested to know, you know, what is Kellum Clark going to do? Is he, is he just ready to go? Or is he, does he want to improve his stock? Is he not happy with how things have ended here? You, just, you never know with those guys that are um, sophomore eligible. Some of them, you know, they, they came to school knowing that they were going to get out in two years, and some of them are like Jake Mangum that just want to be here. Um, so, I mean, but he leaves as a first-rounder um, initially and then comes back and, you know, JT Ginn basically got paid the same amount of money he was going to get paid whenever he came out of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kellum, I don't think he's going to be a, a first-round draft pick this year. I don't think he's – he might not even be a top-five round. I don't know. I don't really know where his stock is right now, but I'm really interested to see what he does. And then, you know, if Luke Hancock doesn't get drafted, does he decide what the heck, let's just come back for another year anyway? I, I don't know. So that th- those kind of guys are the ones that I'm really going to be watching closely. And then, you know, some of these guys coming out of high, high school in JUCO that Mississippi State is trying to land, I don't expect them to get Jet Williams. I don't expect them to get Shajinche or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, those borderline guys, Dakota Jordan, uh, Colby Holcomb, Ross Highfield, um, Bradley Lofton, they need to get those guys to campus. Yeah. Highfield is a guy that people have been talking about him a lot lately. And if we're like we just said, it, it with, uh, with Tanner gone, Hancock gone, Gray Bain has entered the transfer portal, a kid that MSU was retreading. There's no catcher on the roster. At this time. Now, obviously, State's going to look into the portal for somebody, but Highfield's a guy that if he could come in and, and show that he can handle a load, could be playing behind the plate very, very early in his career. Yeah, this is actually a really great opportunity for Ross Highfield. I mean, he he could very easily say that he just wants to go ahead and go pro, and, you know, some guys want that. But, I mean, man, you have a wide-open spot to come in and play in the best league in America right away. Mm-hmm. And which I, I still think Mississippi State should go out and get a transfer guy at that spot too, Absolutely. just for depth purposes. But you have a wide open spot, kid. You can come in here, you can hit the lineup every day, you can play behind the plate every day. And in two or three years, whatever his age is, I hadn't even looked, but um, you can go pro and you can go even higher because you've developed as a player. And right now, I'm leaning towards him coming to school, but that that stuff changes. I think he has a relatively high ha- asking price. Uh, which works in Mississippi State favor Mississippi State's favor because I don't think he's going to be a really high draft pick, yeah. but he's he's definitely a a top ten round guy, possibly a top five round. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most athletic catchers in the class. He's a guy that is really going to surprise you with his speed on the bases, his his speed down to first base, his speed you know rounding the bases. He's not your typical catcher that's just going to trot down to first base that's trying to save his knees. This guy's a really good athlete. Anytime and, uh, you say catcher and, and speed, I'm, I'm already surprised without even having seen him. Yeah. Yeah, he's a very good athlete for a guy behind the dish. So, I mean, this is one of those you really need to get to campus. And then as we look into the transfer portal, you know, and, and gosh, Robbie, I mean, I, I recognize some, some guys here and there 
as far as like college football, college basketball, transfer portal. For the most part, college baseball transfer portal. You know, you and I, we don't know these guys, right? We just we just see them. We see the names and we see the numbers. But Kendall Rogers tweeted about this guy earlier. Uh, shortstop from Kansas, Maui Ahuna. First off, great name. Great name. Very, very Hawaiian. Like that. Sign him up, sign him up for that. Just it's a load. But then you even see that he hit 396, 16 doubles, four triples, eight homers, 48 RBI. I would imagine Chris Lamonis was one of the first phone calls he got. Should be. I mean, they're looking for a middle infielder. Mm-hmm. You know, if he, if, if you want to stick with uh, Lane Forsyth, you have second base open possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's a spot that he can slip right on in and just follow R.J. Yeager's lead. I mean, this guy, this is numbers akin to what R.J. Yeager was doing last year, and he was doing this in the Power Five. So sign him up. I th- like I, I I talked to Chris Lamonis uh, earlier on Monday, and he's already on the recruiting trail, uh, you know, out there looking. But he he's going to be, you know, you you think you're busy coaching games, right? And you think you're right now this time of year coaching games. You think that's busy. Chris Lamonis, I feel like it's going to be ten times busier with no games to coach because he has got to be re- he is going to be recruiting twenty four seven. I mean, he'll get an hour of sleep here and there. That's not a plug, by the way. But oh. Not that I, you know, you know, I love you guys, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be a really busy couple of months for him uh, in, in the portal and, and, you know, finding, you know, replacements for the guys that are going to get drafted. He's going to be working as hard as he ever has. Um, and I think like, and I, you know, I keep, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse at this point, but I think he's going to do it. I think Mississippi state will overhaul its roster and move forward uh, with, with some new faces next year. So we'll see, uh, we'll see how that pans out. Very excited. Let's start our SEC previews. Let's move on into that. It's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef is what's for dinner. When you head to the grocery store, when you head to the butcher shop, and you're thinking, what am I going to cook? What do I want to put on the grill this weekend? Beef is always a fantastic choice. I think I'm doing a brisket this weekend. Got one uh, at Sam's the other day, and I think, I think that's where we're going to make some brisket burn-ins. Those will be delicious. You know why? Because it's beef, and beef is always delicious. So, Head over to the grocery store, put some beef in the shopping cart. Not only are you setting your family up for a great dinner, you're setting up for success our beef producers here in our state, 15,000 of them of your fellow Mississippians. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. That's the place to find smoked southern soul food. When you're looking for a great lunch, a great dinner, or a great time after hours, Two Brothers is the place to go. They've got the great patio outside. If you just want to sit outside, have a beer, have some barbecue, and have a good time. People watching, they got you taken care of. Right there in the heart of the Kind District, the best spot in town. That's Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Advantage Business System says, great products, great service. Every business says that, but there's a difference, and you can get to see it the first time you deal with Advantage Business Systems because you're not dealing with a typical big box company. You're not dealing with somebody where you're just a number. You're dealing with Mississippians just like you and have been for nearly 50 years. Nobody stays in business for that long. Nobody, unless they take care of their customers. That's what they do at Advantage Business Systems. Call them today and see what kind of difference they can make for you. Number is 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. 
SEC previews. We are 14 weeks and six days away from the start of the 2022 season for Mississippi State. It's hard to believe. How many days? 14 weeks and six days. So how many days is that? Really, I have to do the math. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm about to have to start 104. Okay, I'm about to have to start my uh, my 100-day countdown, so I need you to, to set, a, you. set the stage for me. 104, if I'm correct. So, so what we're going to do this year is, and I, didn't, I wasn't able to get an interview today, so we might come back to that, but whatever. But I'm, I'm not going to double up on the interviews. We'll just do – when we do an opponent preview, we'll throw in their full record preview and prediction ahead of time. Um, we talked about the SEC predictions last week. You and I are both pretty confident Georgia will easily once again uh, take the SEC East, so they'll play for the SEC championship. But I guess the real question is, is this Georgia team going to be a national championship contender right off the top? Because you can win the East, I think and not be a championship contender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think you can win the West because you're either Alabama or you beat Alabama on the way to the, to the, the SEC championship. But Georgia, I mean, their two West teams are Auburn and Mississippi State, both of whom will be picked in the last half of the West, second, you know, the bottom, bottom three probably. Um, you know, non-conference games, they have the one with Oregon. We'll talk about the – we'll go through their school schedule in just a minute. I think this is a team that's that's set up to be record-wise just as good. Maybe not undefeated, but still a good team. But the, the, like I don't know that the results will be as dominating as they were a year ago. Yeah, I mean, looking at the schedule, quick glance, I mean, no Alabama in here. They avoid him. I mean, the, the two West teams they get are Auburn and Mississippi State, mm-hmm. not the – Cream of the crop. Toughest ball games. No. Um, and the Auburn games in Athens. The crop. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I, they, they might not lose a, a game in the regular season. But that's the Kentucky thing. Under- game, Kentucky game can be tough. Tennessee games at home, I think they win that. Last year was the first year under Smart where they, they didn't have that weird loss, right? Yeah. So – that team looked like a championship team pretty much all year. So yeah. do they have it this year? Let's, let's, let's go through it and see what we think. So this first game, look, on paper, Georgia and Oregon looks like a great intersectional matchup, right? The best team in the Pac-12, the defending national champions. Dude, I think Georgia's going to boat race Oregon. I know yes. that Dan Lanning is coming back and, you know, he – oh, he's going to – no, I'm not seeing this. I think Georgia wins this game – Really easily. It's not really a neutral site game because it's in Atlanta. I think Georgia wins this one pretty easily and gets off to a great start. Yeah, I think this is going to be one of those smash mouth. I mean, Georgia's going to come out and just kind of stomp a mud hole in them early and walk them dry. And then by halftime, this thing might be over. I, I think Georgia is going to impose their will early. And I'm not sure Oregon can come back and and, and give it to them. So I'm, I'm with you. I, th- I think that's going to be a, a pretty easy Georgia win. Uh, then they play Samford. Obviously, that's a win. Mm. All right, now hear me out. Mm-hmm. In years past, this game with South Carolina has been one that Georgia has struggled with. You know, they, they just, for whatever reason, South Carolina has been more competitive in this series. 
than than Georgia would like for them to be. I don't think South Carolina's going to win this game, but this is a tricky game. It's just sandwiched in between two terrible non-conference games, so you know they're not looking ahead. But I, I don't know, man. Rattler coming in, it's early in the season. Could be an interesting game. Yeah, I'm just – I'm not ready to get on the South Carolina bandwagon. Like, I, I kind of just, like – I have a feeling that last year, like, some of the stuff they did was just a little fluky. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not ready to jump on board. I, I know people are, are just clamoring over South Carolina, Shane Beamer, and um, they got Spencer Rattler, but I, I, just, I just can't do it yet. I still think Georgia's going to be able to handle this. I, I do, too. I, I think Georgia will win, and maybe even comfortably. But that game could be interesting. We'll see. Uh, Kent State, that's a win, so 4-0. Uh, they'll go up to Missouri. That's a, that's a win on October 1st, 5-0. Auburn, the Deep South's oldest rivalry. Earlier, you know, this game's usually later in the season. Here it is in the, the middle of the season. I mean, get, now we're at the point, yeah. I mean, I think they beat Auburn. They beat Vanderbilt. They have the bye week. They play Florida. I'm interested to see how Napier does in that game, but I think in year one, Georgia is still too powerful for them. Mm-hmm. So we've got to. I, th- I guess if we're we're if we're looking at this the right way, five, six, we have them eight and zero when they get Tennessee at home. This is really their last chance for for defeat, right? I don't see them coming losing in Starkville. Kentucky is is probably Possibly. the tough. Kentucky might be the toughest game on the schedule for me just because it's in Lexington. That team's been so good in Lexington, mm-hmm. and they should have uh, some some pretty good players coming back from last year's team. They got Will Levis, who's uh, wildly emerging as one of the top quarterbacks in the country by some yeah. people. I, I don't quite get that, but he's still a solid quarterback. Right. Uh, so they got some guys coming back, and like I said, they've been really good there. So that game is is sneaky for me. That would be the toughest game on the schedule, I think. But that said, you you don't think that's a problem. You don't think Tennessee provides any kind of problem for for Georgia. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it could be um, it could be a close ball game. I think Tennessee is going to be able to score some points, mm-hmm. but I don't think they're going to be able to pull that one out. I still I still think Kentucky might be their toughest game. I think Tennessee can 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 make this a game, but I agree with you that Georgia will win. Then the Georgia wins in Starkville, and then the Kentucky game. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's a heck of a last second to last game of the year. I mean, if Kentucky does what they're supposed to do, they could come into that game in a situation where they could win the East if they beat Georgia. If they if they you know they would have to have no more than one loss. But I mean, Kentucky should be pretty good this year. We'll see if they, if that holds up. I think Georgia wins that. I guess we're going Georgia undefeated here. Because they'll certainly beat Georgia Tech. That will probably be our friend uh, Jeff Collins' last game in Atlanta. I, I guess they're going undefeated, but they this feels they're like just, a year where they're they're undefeated, but they like the whole time you're just like they're not that good. Well, I don't know, man. That they have so much talent. They do. I mean, they're stacking these classes like Alabama now. I mean, that's that's basically the level of recruiting that they're doing at this point. And I mean, they they lost Samir White. At running back, which well, I mean, what does that really matter? They all they just get another five star in there, and he does the same thing, right? 
Is it because they lost George Pickens? He was out most of the year. Is it because Bennett is not an elite quarterback that I feel like I'm underestimating them? If they had a, yeah, probably so. They had Bryce Young or or CJ Stroud. Would I look at this team differently? Yeah. What's really going to be crazy is if they get, um, if they get Arch Manning, because I think that's a guy that can really elevate them. We didn't even talk about that. How he just straight up lied to that dude. Can you believe that? Said he was coming to Mississippi State. State's not even getting an official visit. Can't trust people like that, man. Never trust a Manning. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, he's getting an official. Arch Manning, if you said, I don't don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole with this. If you said, put your money on something, I think it's Texas. I feel like George is my number two. See, if if I'm him... But the problem why is, why would the, I go? Why would I go to Texas when I know for a fact, if I go to Alabama or Georgia, I'm I'm going to win a national championship well, at least once in my career. I feel like if you go to Texas, it becomes you have to become the savior of Texas. Like he could go to Texas and go nine and three, ten and two, ten and two, and people would look at him as a failure because he didn't yeah. win a national title. Whereas at Georgia or Alabama, you're just going to win the national title one year. You just are. So. I mean. Alabama got Mac Jones not only to the league to to become a starter as a rookie, mm-hmm. and that guy was like the third or fourth string quarterback at Alabama for well, a little all bit. three of those guys at one time. I mean, two is in the league, and Jalen Hurts is in the league. They all start. I mean, so yeah, Alabama would be an excellent choice for him because he's going to win one or two national championships. Mm-hmm. He's going to develop like he's supposed to, and he's going to be the number one pick in the draft as long as everything stays healthy and all that stuff. And then at Georgia, they haven't really figured it out at quarterback. Right. I mean, they're, they're starting a guy from Jones Junior College. So the, they haven't had, they haven't just had their guy since probably Matt Stafford, maybe like what, like that you said was just like an elite guy that. Well, they had Justin Fields, but they. Yeah, but I mean, like. A guy that's that's been there and been really productive and all that. I mean, when that's, was the last great quarterback that they have had? Murray. Jacob Eason ended up transferring, right? Aaron Murray. Aaron Murray was good. Aaron Murray. But he was an NFL guy. SEC history. I would say he was better than good. But he, he's not. He was an NFL guy. He wasn't a no, no. Oh, as far as NFL guys go, then yeah, talent. Stafford, Stafford for sure. He wasn't a next level talent. I mean, Arch Manning can come in and be Matt Stafford, but but win more um, games. Yes. So. Georgia and Bama, to me, makes the most sense. And if he goes to Georgia, that really changes things even more for them because then you have well, an elite quarterback hurling it around. Let's worry about that next year. That's worry about that. So, All right. Uh, out for the next uh, two shows for sure. Maybe Friday show. Don't know that for sure yet. Depends on, you know, <clears throat> travel and all that. But uh, definitely out for the next two shows as I'm going to be in Hoover. Uh, so you guys have a great couple of days. Uh, if you're interested in the SEC tournament, well, first off, God bless you. But secondly, uh, I'll be, you know, Sports Talk Mississippi will uh, emanate from there live uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Hope you'll tune in, and uh, I'll be back with you very, very soon. For Robbie Falk, have a good week, Robbie. I'll talk to you again. All right, man. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi.
Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.